like you want you want to <laughs> on the blend <laughs> only on the bio blue one we would only really have to tool up a new so I, I was wrong. Andrew was right. Turns out the toy designer <laughs> knows what he's talking about. There's a reason door handles are the same for every car company. Ahem. Adult collectible ages 15 and up contains sharp points and small points. <laughs> My collectors are a fickle group. Andrew, the first time you ever saw Eric, what was your impression? Uh, that guy has nice hair. I don't know, but I'm going to flip this table and storm out of the room. When you gave the orders for the corrections, did you get to learn a lot of new Chinese swear words? I'm sure Dave knows all the Chinese swear words at this point. (laughs) He's been called them to his face. That's pretty ambitious. That's actually kind of cool to know. You shut your whore mouth, Dan. You let them do what they want to do. Dear Eric and Andrew, what's... Series four. Oh, just to twist the knife a little bit. I mean, we have nine series planned. You guys do know that Vitruvian Hacks is not the only product we're developing, right? We still strongly recommend that you heat up the legs before you try and kind of pop them off. GoCustoms.com is the home of the world's premier G.I. Joe customizing website. Its purpose, to learn, improve, share, entertain, and showcase the work of the customizing community wherever and whenever possible to whomever shows interest. We'll help the community. Wherever there's customizing, Joe Customs is there. Joe Customs. Hi, welcome to an episode of the HacksCustoms.com podcast. I'm John, a.k.a. P-Love. And I'm Dan, a.k.a. The Spectre. I'm Dennis, a.k.a. Dr. Bindi. I'm Jeff, a.k.a. Joe Michael 70. And we're here with Boss Fight. Yay! <laughs> or at least Eric and Andrew from Boss Fight. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. I'm I'm really hoping that uh, Dan does even more of a puker voice, because <laughs> I'm really into that. <laughs> he is our monkey. He will dance for you if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We asked for some questions from some of our members, so I'm, I'm going to kick right into it. And I know you guys get, you guys have been hit with, where's my stuff, where's my stuff? So Justin in New England wants to know, hey, where's my stuff? I thought we told you this question was off limits. <laughs> <laughs> you got to answer with the Hasbro no comment or no plans at this time. <laughs> well, so so here's where we are. We're through a uh, significant percentage of the first shipments to the Kickstarter supporters. Can you put a number to that? Because by the time this gets edited and put online, it will be 100%. But where are you at tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, Eric, have you done the math? I have not. I think we are almost done until the next shipment comes in from China. Yeah. I think I think we only have a few more days worth of shipping and we'll be we'll actually have some time to do some other work and then the rest of the shipment will come in and we will be tied up again for four weeks. Um, so and and, and and wait, wait, let me jump. Quick, one more in there. Is the next shipment from China the rest? Or do you think that there's two more shipments? No, it it should be the rest. Okay. So there's still a couple of items that are um, lagging behind in China, and those should be done shortly. Um, And so for the people that have their first shipments, it shouldn't be long until you get your second shipment. And for the people that have not gotten any shipments yet, it shouldn't be too long uh, until you get everything. So the people who are all in, who haven't gotten anything yet, that that's normal, that's okay. They're just going to get one shipment instead of two or three. 
Yeah, although there shouldn't be uh, too, too many of those. Okay. Um, with some of the international ones being an exception because of the costs of, of international shipping where we're figuring those a little bit differently um, with, with all the recent uh, shipping cost increases. But basically, in a, in a relatively short time frame, we're hoping to be through everything from the Kickstarter and then to be on to shipping the web store pre-orders. I have a question uh, in relation to the second shipment. Roughly, um, what are the items you mentioned that are causing a lag, if you can tell us? Uh, anything in particular? The one that, that there was a, a major issue with was the skeletons. What's interesting is those were the very last item completed and tooled. Uh, and then, actually, fairly early on, the samples were promising. But it turned out that once it came to assembling a lot of them, the factory had a lot of problems. And so we actually had to go back and retool part of the skeleton. And so, and they've already completed a couple of the colors, I, I think, at this point. We're well on our way on that. Wow, that's really interesting to, to see, like, behind-the-scenes info like this. Yeah. And the skeletons were probably uh, one of the, the most anticipated items, too. So that's uh, yeah. interesting. It's good to know they're, they're basically ready and on their way, though. That's a good thing. Yeah, we really couldn't ship the skeletons if they were subpar. Like, it would have been, you know, everyone's been waiting for that. You know, we, we couldn't, we, we really had to get those right. So, unfortunately, having to add time to our production run was the kind of the only answer. We, we also had some trouble with the glow-in-the-dark uh, chemical, yeah. chemical, like, chem, chemical reaction issues with the plastic and the, and the uh, phosphorant. So it was, uh, that was an interesting thing, but we've taken care of all that now, too, and, and are moving will forward. They, will so. they still be safe to put in a person's mouth? Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. With that, yes, have quotes around it. Yes. <laughs> with, with as many glow-in-the-dark hacks in your mouth as possible. <laughs> There'll be a contest on the website to see just how many people can get. No. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Hackscustoms.com does not support... Uh, along those lines, though, what has been, like, the biggest along learning... those lines? <laughs> All right. What lines? Completely. Those lines as possible. Yeah, nowhere near cramming stuff in your mouth, but uh, from the factory. The second choice, so we're happy one for the second choice. <laughs> the other one gets you more points, though. Challenge. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was implied. That's why he was asking. Just. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's do a little groundwork in. Okay, if it's good for the mouth, it's got to be good for everywhere. <laughs> you didn't even have to ask for a friend. <laughs> no glow in the dark organs with a tail. Fred, Bucky. <laughs> Wait, before we leave the topic, I have one more question for uh, Eric and Andrew. Did you guys like that remake of King Kong that had Jack Black in it? Uh, yeah. I've never seen it. Okay, Eric's off the podcast. That's the only <laughs> game from here on out. It has it has two things I I that would stop me from seeing a movie like that. And uh, the first one was Giant Monkey, terrified of them. Second one is Jack Black, terrified of him. <laughs> um, no, I've just never seen that movie. Eric, are you scared of spiders? I am. Yes, I am terrified of spiders. Actually, you and me are besties. 
<laughs> it's a horrible irony of having the last name Anya. Uh, one more quick thing before we move on to the next topic. I don't know if you guys have been watching the news or anything like that, but I kind of want to be topical for a second, and I'm wondering if I can just cross, just call you guys Bossy McBoss Face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Did that have anything to do with King Kong? Like, was there... Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Going back to the, the production issues... What has been, like, your biggest learning experience where you, you didn't realize it until you went through it? Huh. Well, I mean, the uh, the chemical issues with the, the glow-in-the-dark stuff was a big surprise. Yeah. That was not expected. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the stuff is very particular to, like, our factory and the way it operates, I, I mean, in, in in general, there were far too many items. <laughs> yeah. Um, so going forward, we're going to be doing it very differently and and um, doing, you know, very small bite sized chunks of of items rather than a giant heaping pile. Awesome! A, a, a giant heaping pile of awesome. Went <laughs> on the receiving end. <laughs> About the glow in the dark items, um, I know the, the Ghost of the Battlefield set has multiple colored plastics that all glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Do they glow their respective colors, or do they all glow that that ghostly like green white? They they glow their respective colors. Oh, that's got to be beautiful. That I got to see that. Now, how well each one is going to glow on the final production ones, I'm not a hundred percent. So the basic figure is essentially transparent. With the the standard greenish phosphorescent powder in it, mm-hmm. and and that's really interesting. Rather than being the more standard sort of milky glow in the dark color, um, it really yeah. in tests it's absorbed the light better. And then uh, from some of the samples we have, the uh, the Gorgon has blue glow armor, and and that worked really well. And then the uh, the Spartan has like uh, orange glow armor, and that worked okay, not as great. Um, and then their and then their accessories are are actually uh, transparent uh, colored, but do not glow. So, yeah, a question about the accessories. Yeah. The Gorgon's accessories are the same color as her clothes, but the Spartan's accessories are different colored than his clothes and armor. Was there a, a method behind that, or because I figured they would have been the same? The same way the Gorgon was, where all her accessories were that blue color, whereas, like you said, the uh, the armor on the Spartan is kind of orange, and then he's got the red weaponry. Yeah, they're not they're not exactly the same um, when you see them side by side. So the the tints of the clear accessories do not like really. It's not a, a big close match for the armor. Okay. Um. So it was never really. It was never really intended to to have those match. It was more to add sort of a another dimension to the the fun and the weirdness of these figures to give them the the transparent tinted accessories. And the hope is there that you're gonna like you know maybe depending on how you position the accessory, you can actually see a little bit of the glow through it. That's what she said. <laughs> hey, Andrew. Yeah. You might remember this from our uh, last podcast. We kind of had a question about which one of you had the best beard in the office. Is that still you? Uh, I, 
What do you think, Eric? Uh, you're kind of the only one with a beard in the office. I mean, I've, I've got the little goatee, but Fred's been clean-shaven for a while, and... Dave and, and Ridlon tend to sport sort of a, a short, uh, short crop thing. Yeah. But they usually, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm the only one who's really cultivating it most yeah. of the time. They can not have a beard one day, and then the next day, have a full beard. <laughs> Like both both Eric and and Dave, and that that's something the rest of us really don't do is, is that that speed beard. Yeah, that happens to me if I skip my afternoon shave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I want to kick through a couple quick questions if that's all right. Sure. We got a caller who would like to know. Uh, actually, his name is Dream. He's from Chicago or no Colorado. Would like to know if it's boxers or briefs. Uh, uh, thongs. <laughs> wow. Banana hammock and all my pants have the snaps up the side, they're all breakaway. <laughs> you, never, you never know when you just gotta yank them off. I thought you were gonna say the, the, the leather Spartan Speedos like in 300. But... <laughs> okay. Every time we finish a uh, post office pickup for a bunch of orders, he, he whips those off. It's really upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. When are we going to see an anatomically correct blank? Like you want you want a dog <laughs> on the blank? <laughs> only on the bio blue one. We would only really have to tool up a new tool up. <laughs> a new waste piece, really. Would that be counted as an accessory? <laughs> Depends whose it is. Three uh, A did a figure where it, there was actually a, a dog that was a separate piece uh, that could be uh, plugged on to the uh, crotch piece. Maybe we should do it that way. I mean, or or the consumer could just use Play-Doh and do it themselves. <laughs> uh, unless boss fights Pack and Heat, I, I I'm not doing that. <laughs> Poor Dave and Fred would have to sculpt the dog. That'd be pretty amazing to do that. Scales, though, just to keep up with the snakes in the last two class series. I want to see Dave's QC on that, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm, I'm going to take that question and move into the next question, which is, what are the chances we can start getting add-on kit to figures? And I'm going to go back to the podcast that we had before you launched your Kickstarter. And Hypno came up with the idea of you doing a removable afro. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the chances are very good that we will eventually have accessory packs and kits of a wide variety. It's something that's been talked about, and it's something that we need we need time to actually uh, to actually make and uh, and hopefully once. Once this whole Kickstarter thing is done, we'll get back on track and get working on those. Yeah. I, okay, Andrew, I'm, I'm just going to quote you from our last podcast. You were right up front saying, we're here to touch all your niches. <laughs> <laughs> and you can even put the removable <laughs> All your niches. I'd say we've gone off track, but no, this is Not about really. part for the course. Yeah, I actually have a question that, well, doesn't, again, really relate to that entirely. But in addition to the add-ons, accessories, the, the extra kits, whatever, is it going to be possible to have hardware kits that are sold 
I'm, I'm obviously asking this very much from the customizer's point of view. It's something I'm already digging in and wishing I had about 30 uh, shoulder pegs just laying around here that were already hacks compatible. Is that something that you guys have bounced around at all? No, I don't think we have actually ever talked about that. So you're just talking about like the, the shoulder and elbow discs and the, like the T-bar, the internal T-bar piece and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah th th things yeah. that could be used. Yeah, I'm talking about things that could be used to modify like an existing... Um, but, you know, for example, I'm using Snake Eyes arms on uh, on the the gray blank and I'm making it you know that that overall look. And uh, I, w I was dissatisfied with uh, the way that it turned out when I just tried to trim down the shoulder peg of the of the other lines part. But just to add some from the customizer's perspective, try to combine combine as many different parts and lines as possible. And I'm to be honest, very well sold on the on the hack system now. So I'd really like to to do as much as I could on that, you know, compliant shoulder peg, and, and I'm just thinking forward, I know it's going to come up, you know, a hundred more times for me over the next year. So, something something to, to, to think about. Yeah, I, I mean, you need to, you'd really need to extract the existing shoulder disc from, in this example, the Joe arm, and then sort of still have that be functional enough after after extracting that to uh, to put a hacks peg in it. Sort of trying to, to work that out in my head. I've actually done two different ways, uh, just in the last two weeks or however long since I've got, uh, the, the first round in. And I haven't perfected it yet, but I'm feeling pretty good about where it's headed. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's something we could look at. If it's, it wouldn't be hard for us to, to have the factory run the POM, uh, joint mold, but I, I think it would be something there would have to be. Um, more people than you asking for. <laughs> Second. <laughs> I think everybody that would be interested is on this podcast. <laughs> Let me, not to take away from Bindi's thing, because I honestly think that if you guys offer the hardware, people will buy it. But on top of that, I know you guys have been interacting with folks online about the idea of doing additional hands mm -hmm. and doing additional hand poses and there was talk about replicating the Microman idea and stuff like that. Do you think that's a reality, or do you think that's everybody just kind of masturbating their mouths? Yeah. Oh, oh. hey now. <laughs> I I think that's something that is a possibility for sure. We um, you know, all of us kind of you know, in in playing with our figures and stuff. There's great like uh, you know, like take take like the uh, retaliation, the the Cobra Commander from the last series uh in retaliation that he he has a great like i'm screaming at the top of my lungs from behind a podium hand pose but i can't really hold anything how cool would it have been if he had like two hands like that's just you know that you could swap out with a normal hand that could hold a gun or a knife or so you know that that sort of thing is i definitely think there's a market for that and i definitely we probably wouldn't go the microman route but we would probably find our own way to market that and and get that out there to to the consumers and being Meaning that is an adult collectibles line will there be hands flipping the bird i'm not necessarily against that <laughs> <laughs> you can do peace signs you can do all sorts of stuff yeah yeah i mean you know we're we're already looking at some some characters down the road who have uh different hand positions like gestures and stuff Based on just sort of their their personality, it won't be the norm, but it might alternate hands might be the sort of thing that that could live in accessory packs. Um, but again, 
you know, they'll, they'll have to be enough demand, but it's, it's definitely something we want to do. To, to go back to that, where it's like character specific, if it makes sense for the character, that's kind of the direction you'll go in, but not, not across the board. Yeah. You, we had the question come up in, in the boss fight group and I put it on Joe customs about the ankles. Andrew said what the, you guys were finding was 50, 50 him swivel versus rocker. And I got to tell you, it, it's pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, people had some other suggestions and then bigger chunk came in and said, you know what? It really does depend on the character. So uh, the overall numbers, it was, you know, like 14 wanted rocker ankles and 13 said it depended on the circumstance. And then like 28 was you no know, just hinge swivel. So it's, it's really close to 50, 50 once you add up the two. So I, I was wrong. Andrew was right. Turns out the toy designer <laughs> knows what he's talking about. <laughs> can I get that isolated so I can play it frequently? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Front of the show. Front of the show. <laughs> Does that include being able to use it in arguments with your spouse? <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd be far more useful in arguments with my business partners. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what are you guys' opinion on the fact that these things are selling for three, four times their retail price on eBay right now? Those <laughs> shouldn't be selling our toys on eBay. No. I, I think it's fun. I We've been kind of watching it with fascination, and I personally think it's it's fun. And I and I knew people ordered extras, you know, just to, to flip them. And, and it's not like I haven't done that before, too. Like, gone to Joe Con and bought, like, an extra set to help pay for the extreme expense that is Joe Con. So I think it's fine, and I think it's fun, and I think it's kind of cool. I I always get a kick out of seeing something that I worked on being worth a lot of money, like, later on. It it kind of gives me, like, a good feeling about it, about, you know, the decisions I made at the time on it. Um... So I, I think this is I think it's cool. I think it'll level back down a little bit in the end, but I the reality is is our production um, our production run is fairly low. It's it's pretty low, especially in comparison to like, you know, Star Wars or or even G.I. Joe at Hasbro. So if the line continues to be popular and grow and expand, I think that they will stay worth more than their retail, even if it does go down from what they're selling for right now. How fast are you going to slap a cast rate with C&Ds when they start churning out your stuff? What? No! <coughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we, we would hope that the casters would realize that um, we're a small business and we, uh, you know, to um, lose out on some sales would be uh, detrimental to us as a small business. It's not something that we would necessarily sneeze at. You know, if casters are making their own parts that are compatible, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but but if they're just sort of bootlegging our stuff, that would not be so cool. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny because like if if a caster is casting something for the or one of our pieces in a specific color for their own custom or piece of art, like that's you know that's their own thing to do. I would hope that most of them like. I can't imagine it would be beneficial for their time and their materials to cast 
our heads to sell on their website for six dollars when you can buy an entire blank figure off our website for ten dollars like that exactly thank you very much that was <laughs> that was what i was looking for you guys have set the bar for a phenomenal blank canvas at such a low price point below anything that you can get at retail these days or more than a person would need to make a single custom I mean, you guys are rocking it. Yeah. You want it on your face, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I got all excited when I heard you say it. A custom resin kit for a whole figure on, on most of the uh, the commercial casting sites out there usually run a minimum of 25. So I, I really don't think you guys are going to have to be sending too many of those letters. Yeah. So. And, you know, we're friends with most of the major guys who do all that stuff anyway. So, so we can go to their houses and beat Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but see, that would just make the betrayal that much more worse because it would be as personal. <laughs> Let me I've got my eye on lots. <laughs> <laughs> He'll make an add-on <laughs> kit, that's for sure. Uh, I, I really hope he does. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a real question, though. Is, is there any part of the hacks figure or the build that's patented? Patents in the toy world are a funny thing. We looked into it, and it's actually a difficult and expensive process to go through and there's no guarantee that you will actually obtain the patent but there are aspects of our design that that are covered under uh general intellectual property law so uh you know we think we're we're well protected so are you worried about anybody else emulating what you're doing well i mean in most cases what what our figure build is innovative in small and subtle ways. It's not like it is radically different from from what other people have done in the scale. It's it's just tweaked a little bit uh here and there to be better. And I mean it's it's not like even, you know, I've seen removable hands or whatever on on other companies' figures that employ a similar sort of uh ribbed pin. So uh wait can you say ribbed pin again? Only do it ribbed in the lower in ribbed in for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did I cover that? Okay, Eric. Yeah, I think so. What about the uh, the tail mechanics? Isn't that uh, something unique to you guys for the the Gorgons? It might be, and and I think that that would be one of the things that would be generally protected by you know by basic copyright laws and stuff. But then. You know, it doesn't take much in the, the the world of engineering of any product to just change it enough and repat and, and and get around the patent. You know, there's a reason door handles are the same for every car company. It's not just safety standards and all that stuff. It's because they all they gotta do is change it. Change the size of this or the length of that or the positioning of this or reverse something in it and it kind of get, gets you out of the patent it, it's it's such a weird subtle world of law um, all you got to do is stay one step ahead yeah and you know we're not done innovating you know we'll continue to come up with new things and new ideas and you know there, there's never there's never a shortage of that sort of thing i think from from creative minds in general you know wait so, i thought wait. we were done innovating <laughs> I okay, already so innovated once for this company. <laughs> <laughs> How long so, until we start seeing, um, you know, utilizing that same engineering for the tail? 
how long before we start seeing some mermaid characters or, or uh, some other types of uh, half-human, half-animal characters? I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Creating human-animal hybrids. I don't think we can give you a timeline on that yet. <laughs> no. Can, can you drop in an audio clip of uh, W saying animal-human hybrids right there? <laughs> I'll, I'll look for it. I'll try. <laughs> the last time we had these guys on was right before the Kickstarter launched. So here's my question. Have your figures met your own expectations? I would say for for me, I would have been happy had we hit the quality and precision of a G.I. Joe figure. You know, like we, but I think we went beyond that. And so, yeah, I, not only do I think they met our standards, but I think they, if they exceeded mine and, and I, I was, um, I'm very happy with that for our first outing to have gotten the quality that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd echo that. I mean, it, it, it's taken so much work and so much time to get there, but yeah, it, it exceeds expectations. Um, in almost every aspect on, on the production pieces. Which figure figures do you guys find yourselves just messing with on your desk? Like not, not what's your favorite, but what one or ones do you guys just can't put down? Like which ones really surprised you with, with just how fun they are? Um, I think I've, uh, messed around with, uh, Medusa a lot. Um, I think the, uh, her, uh, unique armor, and the uh the really cool spine whip are are just so appealing and then the uh the the clear orange blank i i am i just find myself in love with that's been my favorite too just from playing here you know i know the question wasn't posed to me but uh, you can see <laughs> you can see i'm trying to uh climb down a chain on my uh, avatar here on Skype into my Podgorita. Just because nice. I was playing around w waiting for the show. That That's that's the one guy that gets more attention uh, than any of the other stuff on my desk right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would probably say the blanks. I, I have two blanks sitting on my desk that I'm, and pink ones at that, and I, I just don't ever stop messing. I'm always messing with them and putting them in weird poses. And, you know, my one of the things that I love when I get a figure, one of the first things I usually do with it is try and put it in the most, like, natural, mundane poses that I can. Like, that's what, like, sells it. Like, not being, like, a, you know, badass and on the one knee with the gun up and looking through the scope. That does impress me. What I can get, I can get our blanks into that pose of like a teenage girl laying on her bed with a phone in one hand and like leaning on her with her chin on her, laying on her belly with like her chin up. You fresh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty guy. You know, like I like putting them in weird. Like at one point, like Andrew was putting them all in weird yoga poses and stuff like that. Like it was so much fun. Like I think the the blanks have surprised me as a. Uh, something I'm constantly messing with just because I think the idea of this weird, like all one color figure in these like natural poses leaning on something or sitting like cross-legged and stuff like that is really fun. Because I know that you guys actually are customizers and actually like these blanks. Do you like the blanks more than the name figures? I don't think I do. I, I'm, I have, I have a, real attachment, especially to the, like, named characters. 
more so than the uh, army builders. Like, there's something appealing to me about the three the three sisters, obviously, but then but also like you know like Stonefist and Leonidas, like the the ones that are like actual named single characters are are just super super cool to me, and I, I have a real attachment to the Gorgon army characters as well too. I like the blanks on a different level where I just think they're fun to play with. And as a customizer, I'm going crazy right now. So, so I like them on a different level and from a different perspective, but I don't think I like them more than the, than the characters and the story we've been, we're weaving. I think the appeal of them is, is different, uh, in a way. Um, it, it's something I, I, I feel like I've been maintaining from the beginning is that the blanks, aren't there to to only appeal to the customizer. I, I think they're a really appealing toy in and of themselves. You know, I really like the idea of having just a shelf in a rainbow of colors. And and they look really cool when they're set up together. And uh, mixing and matching the different colors of armor onto the different colors of blank is unbelievably fun. Yeah. Uh, how many meetings did we not get anything accomplished because we were just doing that? Along those lines, is the possibility of ever doing an a la carte blank system where you can buy that color head and those color arms with those color legs, is that ever going to be a possibility? So the, the short answer to that is no, because as a business, we're not sort of setting up our workflow and, and our items uh, like Marauder John does um, with with selling individual items. Um, that's that's a whole sort of uh, separate thing that you need to prepare for. There may eventually be some special avenues to get some special pieces, but it'll really be its own thing. And you know, we're we're never going to have just a bin of heads and you know mailing out individual heads. That's that's not going to be the the. That's not going to be our thing. So, hey, speaking on that individual thing, did Nova ever pick what his sculpt prize was? Did hello? Yeah, <laughs> did Nova win a sculpt prize? Didn't didn't Brian Kaufman win a sculpt prize? A uh, head sculpt, but he couldn't figure out what he wanted. I think he left it up to Dave to choose. <laughs> and that's where it's still sitting. Two years later? I don't remember this. Uh, I blame Dave. <laughs> okay, look. Well, I'll have to come back on and talk about this. Maybe we can have him on here with us. And Two years ago, I said on the podcast that if Nova couldn't come up with something, I would come up with something. Yeah. And so if nothing has been decided on yet, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Nova can jail Michael Seventy. Like a motherfucker. <laughs> For all we know, it was done, and we just never saw it or can't remember it. Considering the other things we talked about, one of the things we talked about was an Aurora Bora tank tread. Have we done that yet? What? what? A snake tail as a tank tread. <laughs> As a, as a replacement for either the Mobat or, you know, one of the other tanks. <laughs> Wasn't that when we were trying to get Dave and Fred to sculpt more snake-related items? Actually, it might have been. Because yeah. we were also talking about a snake barrel. 
<laughs> Instead of a tank cannon. One of us listened to the podcast from last time, right before we recorded, apparently. <laughs> and one of us must have been drinking during that podcast, too, right, Jeff? <laughs> when I open, you know, my Wave 1 package, whatever, my daughter was there, and she's watching, and... You know, she's like, who's this person with the tail? Why is she green? Why does she have snake hair and stuff? I was like, oh, oh, let me regale you the story of Clash of the Titans. <laughs> and I got to tell her about Medusa, and she was like, can I play with it? I was like, can you play with it? Oh, of course you can play with it. It's a toy. You get to play with a toy of Medusa. This is awesome. And she loved it. She loved it. And then I quickly took it away and said, bye. <laughs> That's very cool to hear. We, uh, one of our friends, their son spent apparently all day on our website going over all the figures and he had called, he had called us and was very excited and wanted a whole bunch of specific figures and stuff like that. <laughs> listening. So that, that was fun to hear too. It was one of Oren's friends. Ahem. Adult collectible ages 15 and up contains sharp points and small points. <laughs> Uh, the worst part, though, was when he asked about the Talos figure. You're like, oh, sorry, should have done the Kickstarter and hung up yeah. on it. <laughs> Speaking of that, like, this is still catching people by surprise that the Talos figure, who there are three other Guardians, is a Kickstarter exclusive. <laughs> was that not the meanest thing that we just put on that bio card? Yeah. Eric wrote the bio card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are there plans for the other Guardians, or that was one and done? I I can't I can't tell you how many times I've come across that question. Everybody's asking. That was actually pretty cruel. Um, I, <laughs> we we have current plans uh, for people to possibly be able to do to get him again, but it's we're still working it out, and then we we. We do have plans to possibly resurrect the, uh, the the concept again at a much later date. We didn't just put that on there solely to be mean, <laughs> but it was to entice people to the character specifically. It was just a nice bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The being mean part was just kind of, you know, for my own ego. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, we, we, we do have plans to, to possibly work some more of, of that type of character, if he if he continues to to remain popular, um, you know, the, there is the whole thing. You know, we saw it at Hasbro all the time, where something would be really popular because it was rare, and then you would put it back out, and it wouldn't sell because nobody really cared. They only cared that it was rare. So that's a, that's a fine line to walk. Uh, Boy collectors are a fickle group. We 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 really are, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> With our with our production run, I mean, what what qualifies as rare, you know? Exactly. So, hey, hey John, I have a question for you in light of that uh, that news. How many days do I have to go to eBay before this show airs? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you have a lot. Of days. Come on, this will be up before wave two hits. <laughs> okay, somebody give me a three, two, one. Like a... Three, two, one. Sorry, caller. We seem to have lost you. <laughs> so, Eric. Let's... <laughs> oh, 
Anyway, Eric, last time you were on the podcast, you let us know that Andrew was the one who got you into Hasbro. So here's my question. How and when did you meet Andrew Franks? Uh, Andrew, Andrew and I met in college, probably go, going back 15 years now. Did we have classes together before we worked together? No, I we we met when you were you were working at KB and uh, and I was probably shopping there. Yeah, and then uh, I know we had one or two classes together, but we actually didn't have. Are you freaking kidding me? No, that's how we met. It was at KB. I I managed a KB at uh, in Savannah, Georgia, while I was in college, and uh, Andrew bought toys at KB. So it was pretty much a match made in heaven. <laughs> Wait, hold up. In Savannah, Yeah. And yet he was the one who got you into Hasbro in uh, Rhode wherever Island. Hasbro is. Pawtucket, <laughs> Rhode Island? <laughs> well, he asked how we met. Well, uh, I know. Got it Hasbro. Well, I meant uh, <laughs> Just put the middle part together. <laughs> <laughs> Good story, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we went to college together. We were both went to college for uh, uh, comic books, sequential art, and, you know, that's not an easy industry to break into. <sighs> um, Andrew had started uh, doing stuff for Toy Biz, and then that kind of spiraled over into uh, doing stuff for Hasbro. At the time, I was working at... I was living in New York at, that, at this time and uh, working at Wizard... Uh, magazine uh, running their warehouse, nothing fun. Uh, he had me throw together a portfolio, and I came up and visited him, and uh, he snuck me in in his uh, duffel bag, left it on John Warden in John Warden's uh, office. So John Warden came in, and I popped out of the duffel bag, and I was like, hey, look at my portfolio. <laughs> and, uh, no, and, and I, I, I suspect that's not an entirely true story. <laughs> It's partially true story. Uh, it, no, Andrew uh, signed me in as a guest and took me in to uh, show off some work. I got some great feedback from uh, John Warden and uh, Dave Vonner and uh, Brian Parrish, who worked on Star Wars at the time, and, and Mark Boudreau, and uh, went back and I redid my portfolio, and I came back. I, I sent stuff at this point, like I was just kind of emailing stuff back and forth. And then um, John Warden, no, uh, Brian Merton was the first, was it Brian who got me into the system? Was it Richard or John? It was Richard. It was Richard Woodhouse got me into the system. He, he was the first person I did any, work, any uh, official work for. And it was Blowtorch for the 25th anniversary line. That's my first professional paid-for work for Hasbro. Blowtorch? I'm, I'm not familiar with him. Um, <laughs> he's really rare. Yeah, he's he's very rare. He's only been released once, maybe five times. I'm not sure. In the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> then that kind of then Brian Merton started using me like all the time, and John Warden and Richard Woodhouse started using me all the time. The operative word being using. Yes. <laughs> Like, it, it was just, it was like crazy time. Uh, my, my son had just been born. I, I had left Wizard, and I was just doing freelance at home while Trina was working at an architecture firm. And I was literally drawing. I, I had so much work at one point between, it was the ramp up for, it was the, the tail end of 25th, and the ramp up for Rise of Cobra was happening at one time. And Clone Wars was the the toy line was just started being working on being worked on and I 
I had so much work. At one point, I was literally drawing inputs taped to a light box with my infant son in one hand and drawing with the other. And Trina would get home. We would make dinner, try and get Orin to sleep. And then we would both, uh, like, she was helping me, like, get stuff done. And then she started doing work on her own for them. So it got to a point where she she quit her job and basically came home and we were both just doing freelance this year and it was crazy. Like we had so much work. It was insane. And we uh it became clear that they were that some of them were clearly like giving me stuff on purpose to like they, they were vetting me. So we we moved up to Ma- we decided at this point we were deciding to leave New York to leave Brooklyn. So we moved to uh, Massachusetts and within a couple months of moving to Massachusetts, I was working as a temp at Hasbro and it like happened. I mean, this was all within like, this all happened within like a six month period of time. Like it was very fast. And then, you know, that just eventually spiraled into me getting hired permanently. And so, yeah, that, I mean, and I attribute it all to Andrew bringing me in that time to, to get some work done, to get some, some feedback from everybody. And, uh, and Dave Proctor was the, the one who got me in. So. Yeah, wait, hold on. Before you go that far, Andrew, first impressions of Eric, like the first time you ever mounted him, what was your impression? The first time he mounted him? Is that what you said? <laughs> Mostly, in case my mic cut out. Andrew, the first time you ever saw Eric, what was your impression? Uh, that guy has nice hair. <laughs> you know, that guy looks like Xandor? <laughs> I'm only asking because once we get Dave Proctor on the show, I'm going to ask him what his first impression of Andrew was. <laughs> that guy's fast. <laughs> P-H-A-T. Now, look, here's the reality of it. Everybody on this show has met Eric, right? Bindi, you met Eric, right? Yeah, I met Eric. Yeah. So, Spectre, you've met Eric? Oh, yeah, a couple times, yeah. Yep. John? Yeah. So what do you understand of Eric? He likes Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> Bendy. That's a good-looking man. That he loves. He's the pride of tie-dye. <laughs> I myself, I just want to hug you. It's hard to do a follow-up question with that, i got to tell you. <laughs> the good news is Bucky's <laughs> calling in. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Eric, what was your first impression of each of us when you met us? What would you like to be? <laughs> And did you want to hug Jeff when you met him? <laughs> I've never actually met Jeff. I don't want to gloss over. I, I want to go back to this really important point. Uh, Andrew, exactly what were you buying at KB in the 90s? Uh, in Georgia, it, it, when we were in college, it might have been Beast Wars. Yeah, probably. Oh, I was hoping for something embarrassing. Never mind. Like My Little Bonies? Yeah, okay. So back to the <laughs> boss fight future work. Hey, Andrew, remember that time you showed off that sci-fi robot design? Mm-hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch that one off the list. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I knew you were, I knew that that thing was, I was waiting for you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had a question about distribution and where people can get these toys after the Kickstarter or before the Kickstarter or whatever. Uh, besides Kokomo and all the cool things, where else can people go? So uh, the primary the primary avenue for distribution of our stuff right now is is our web store, bossfightshop.com. And 
that really we will ship internationally. We will, you know, um, do, you know, that's, that's really going to be the, the primary site. We're, we're working on, uh, some discussions with some retailers as well as some international distribution avenues, but, uh, they're not, they're not in place yet. So, but was that was that question for all of our stuff, or was that question for the uh, Ultimate Spartan and the Elite Amazon? Uh, that was that was for all your stuff. I, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure you guys can plug it in. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this. What's next? Is it is it series two, or is it something else? We have some surprises coming between uh, before series two. No, no, that's not okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's bullshit. You can you can either tell us what the surprises are, or you can you can say that. Actually, you no. Now you have to spill beans. One of those a glow in the dark skeleton that everybody's been clamoring for. <laughs> you have a safety net here, guys, in the fact that it may take longer to get this show actually up on the air. <laughs> Than what it takes to give us a surprise, so you can probably just tell us anything you want to tell us. <laughs> can we guess? We're, we're not ready to re- to reveal what it is, but it's uh, it'll be fun and it'll be cool. It'll be much much faster. <laughs> I know, still not okay. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff gets easily confused by riddles, and, and quite frankly, I'm sorry. Here's the, here's here's the, here's the, the real deal. Of the two Tomica sisters, one of them died, and the other one holds the rights to their likenesses. So, wait, what am I talking about? I don't know, but I'm going to flip this table and storm out of the room. (laughs) The secret upcoming item for everybody out there is the Heroes of the Joe Customs podcast four-pack. Of, you know, Jeff and Dan and John and no, Dennis. They, they already said they can't do different body types right now. <laughs> I think most of us have pretty much the same body type. Well, that's not true. They yeah, already have on, my now. body type. No. I'm, the great, I'm the great one. You are now quadruplets. <laughs> well, are we bronze quadruplets? With the angry face. Uh, we had to try. We had to ask. <laughs> well, in addition to the, um, you know, the known Series 2, Figures. Is there anything you've got coming up that maybe you hadn't shared yet? That's not a super secret that you can talk about. Well, I mean, I we we have talked about the fact that there are more blanks and more accessory packs that haven't really been shown. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, so so those are a semi surprise. Are any of the accessory packs going to have unique accessories, or are they more recolors of the 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 Greek accessories? Um, for for the, the ones in the immediate future are more recolors. Okay, cool. Just so I'm clear, is it just a given here? Series two is the fantasy line. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. And there'll be accessory so, packs right? for a series two, right? There will be accessory packs for series two. Yes. Possibly, we we may change the format up a little bit. We're 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 still waiting to see how they sell as a as a item as a live item on our website. We'll, we'll decide, uh, kind of have to decide going forward. How to... All right, if, if there's more accessory packs coming, I'm going to put out a guess of two colors right now. Just yay or nay or no comment. I'm guessing clear, transparent green, like, uh, you know, constructs, and maybe a gold set, because we haven't seen gold yet. Gold, both of those would be solid sets for us to do. 
<laughs> that was the best way to answer that question. That gave nothing away. Nothing. <laughs> when will we see round two? We're still deciding. Um, you know, we, we still gotta. We we want to get it further along than uh, series one was before we start announcing or start pre-selling or whatever, however, whatever avenue we decide we're going to run these as, you know, be a Kickstarter or pre-sale, um, we want them further along and ready to go than Series 1 was. You also might not see all of Series 2 at one time. We, we may roll it out slowly. We can't, we cannot overwhelm the factory again with, you know, 50-odd items at one time. Like, it's, it's just too much for... For them to keep track of, it's too many little pieces, too many parts, too many different heads, too many different, you know, like, when we turn around and they send us the early samples of the Elite Amazon and she had the wrong head, and we're like, that's, we can't run it with that head, it has to be the, the correct head, and, you know, like, I mean, that, that stuff was happening all the time, our early samples of some of the other figures had the wrong feet, and stuff like that, like, and it was just, it was just too much for them to keep track of, so you probably won't see an entire series at one time anymore again. When you gave the orders for the corrections, did you get to learn a lot of new Chinese swear words? I'm sure Dave knows all the Chinese swear words at this point. <laughs> and he's been called them to his face. Quick <laughs> question. So I got the gray blank and I got the transparent orange blank. Came with the sample beat. And that seems like a mistake. Which one being honest? Is that true? The sandal feet, we just we decided that we decided to add it in because it was being run in the tool anyway. But yeah, the sandal feet were a late decision to throw into the baggies, or in some cases on the figures. Like some of the colored figures have normal feet, some of them have the sandal feet on in the package, and <laughs> it kind of like switches around which one is uh, which. But uh, it's actually the, the assembly from from. Blank to blank is sort of hilariously different. Yeah, like each color is is assembled <laughs> with slightly different parts. You know that was something Dave was trying to work out, but I I think it's kind of hilarious he couldn't, and they're all different. <laughs> That'll make James Kavanaugh's book very difficult to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to see if I got this right. Boss fight, no limits. Boss fight manufacturing, yeah, some limits. Uh, well, we find out that there may not be creative limits on our side, but there are certainly limits to what <laughs> what the factory workers can do. Knowing that, though, doesn't that make your your efforts going forward a lot smoother? Yeah, we're we're shifting a lot of our decision making is is being molded by by our by our learn, learning experiences and running the series one and i imagine series two will teach us more and that'll continue to happen you know and hopefully everything will get every series will get a little faster and a little smoother i like your optimism good question <laughs> do you think we'll see the uh fantasy line this year in 2016 fingers crossed Ooh, that's exciting I figure you guys would probably do it next year to leave a year for a uh, you know series one to be available in wide release first before jumping into two. That's pretty ambitious. That's actually uh, kind of cool to know. I you shut your whore mouth, Dan. You let them do what they want to do. <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to the fantasy one. I'm just saying what I thought was going to happen. I was hoping it would be next year just so I'd have 
you know, where money saved up. <laughs> Dan has a lot of money invested in dioramas for the series two already. Anyone besides Jeff have a question? Shut up! What? <laughs> Is there a trick for getting the shield onto the hand of a Spartan? After the sparing and after you found it because you hurled it somewhere in the corner of a room in anger, uh, what I've been doing personally has been taking the hand off, kind of bending the hand out a little bit, like the fingers, and kind of trying to work them in as a, you know, because after you bend the PVC back, it kind of like slowly takes, takes back its original shape and kind of getting it in there. It's still not easy, not easy to necessarily get the uh, to get the arm back into the peg, the the hand peg back into the arm. But it's much easier if you can to get it on that grip, and you can kind of move the hand around a little bit. I've got a better one. Okay, take an exacto and uh, put a small slice in the bottom of the handle, mm. and then it's real easy uh, to put in the hand. Well, I like <laughs> that one. The boiling water method. Warm up the hand a little bit in some water so it gets flexy. Spread it out. Put the fingers in inside the the grip. Fold it every back. T- and let it every time, Dan. Every time. Well, I just put myself on display. I don't. I'm not, I'm not uh, okay. doing it off, you know, over and over again. Um, I mean, we we've admitted that that the the shield handles are an error. They are too small. Yeah. Um, so. I, I wasn't actually being cheeky with my question. I, I was curious if I was just doing something wrong, and I, and I definitely took Eric's answer um, to be fifty words of of no. Uh, but that was <laughs> that was a, a, a very good cheat, though. Then from Andrew, then that I have no problem implementing to make it fit better. Yeah, no, going forward, we're we're redesigning the back of shields like for series two and, and some other stuff that we've been working on, we're, we're going to kind of redo the shields and, you know, fix the handle, the handle design a little bit and tweak the handle design to, uh, well, even just the clasp that goes over the, the forearm is enough to hold the shield. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That's... Then you can put a sword in their hand too. So they've got like two swords and a shield on one arm. Like that's kind of cool too. Yep. Is there any chance of making the shields reversible for right-handed carry for a left-handed soldier? You can if you uh, heat them up and pull them apart. Yeah, but the designs will be upside down though on some of them. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, yeah. If you popped the uh, the whole back bracket off and flipped the shield and glued it back on, it shouldn't be, right? Yeah. 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 Well, now that you guys got all your questions out of the way, can I can I have another one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Go ahead, dear Eric and Andrew. What's <laughs> Series four. Oh, we're not ready to reveal that yes. That's bullshit. We have loved you since before <laughs> with your Kickstarter. You're gonna reveal series four. You're gonna reveal it here. Don't reveal it here. Does not this episode. Yeah. And shut up. <laughs> Do you guys do you guys remember that great interview by Walter Cronkite back in the day? He was interviewing Nixon and he asked a question and Nixon gave his answer and he said, That is bullshit. <laughs> I don't remember it either. I was just curious if you guys <laughs> recognize that interview style. <laughs> question stands. This is from Brian in Ohio. If you could end all human conflict, but it meant making tequila and thereby margaritas non existent, would you do it? <laughs> 
Like, what was the first part again? If you could end all human conflict, but it meant making, giving up tequila, and thereby margaritas non-existent, would you do it? You know what? With 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 my new health situation, I'm not allowed to drink anyway. So hell yeah. I thought that'd be funnier, but no, it's <laughs> not. It's just sad. <laughs> Screw Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, how's that? Question still stands. Well, I mean, we know, you know, series one's out already is Greek mythology. Series two is going to be the fantasy. Series three is science fiction. So what what do you think will be next? Maybe Roman mythology? Or uh, Native American mythology or Egyptian mythology? Yes. Eric? Yeah. Native American is one that's very high on my list to tackle, you know, pre-European uh, pre contact Native American mythology uh, would be very, very fun and cool to do. Yeah, nobody really even touches that in, in almost any kind of, uh, of yeah, fiction or anything. And, uh, well, I know, like me, you're a big Thor fan, so I think the Norse I mythology's got to be in there somewhere. Yeah, uh, Norse mythology is another one that's, you know, high on our list. Uh, I'll, you know, uh, just to twist the knife a little bit, I mean, we have nine series planned. Ooh! <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Nine <laughs> series are planned. And and you guys do know that Vitruvian Hacks is not the only product we're developing, right? Yes. Wait, what? Yeah, we're, I mean, we we're not we're not just going to do Vitruvian Hacks. We're going to have other lines. Because you know we're toy uh, company. Uh, we're not uh, off of No, describe that a little better. Because okay, so the Greeks are Vitruvian Hacks. Correct. Well, no, Vitruvian Hacks actually is a little deeper than that. Because, uh, I mean, because Series 2 and Series 3 through Series 9 will still be Vitruvian Hacks, but that's not our only IP. That's not actual property that we're developing right now. We we are developing deeper and, and different different toy lines as well. Strawberry so, Shortcake, the next generation. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so when you say different lines, you mean different non-118 lines? I mean, are, are all of your... Okay, so everything you do in this scale is going to be Vitruvian hacks. Nope. For, nope. Okay, no, not even. Yeah, we're we're developing multiple different, you know, just like you know, just like Hasbro has GI Joe and Transformers and Littlest Pet Shop, and you know, we're we're exploring other ex, other expressions, creative expressions for you know, we all don't only aren't only into you know. 118 figures. We're into other types of weird stuff, too. That's not even action figure, necessarily. Or, you know, I mean, it's, Playmates it, doesn't just make Ninja Turtles, although it kind of seems like that nowadays, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Japanese gumball PVC cats, isn't it? <laughs> but, and, and my question was framed from... I'm, I'm as much into the scale as I am a type of figure. So I mean, if, if you if you suddenly made a line of 118 transforming cars, I mean, just to be silly, I'm on board. You know what I mean? I was just kind of curious if you had still things that were so that would be in scale outside of the hacks line, or if you were differentiating when you said other lines, if you meant just random any other type of toy. Yeah, more like, more any type of toy. Okay, that's very interesting. I didn't realize you guys were uh, were thinking beyond the hacks. That's actually pretty cool. Give you a chance to express your your creativity in other venues. Yeah. Remember that time that Andrew said he wanted to do a nesting doll robot? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it's even funnier because Jeff got dropped from the call. Ah! Yeah, I saw that. He he just disappeared. Oh, did he? Did he? He 
they get like you know tired of us finally? He's still waiting for his answer. <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back on, man, the series four sounds awesome. I can't believe it. It's so good. And then not say anything else about it. Maybe you can't answer it or not, but do you have any thoughts, plans, or otherwise to add, I guess I would say big picture animals, but I'm, I'm kind of specifically thinking horses that might accompany some of the different hacks lines. Is that something that we might have a chance of seeing show up either in a separate compatible line or as part of hacks? It's been discussed. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Unlike one of my co-hosts, Andrew, I will not berate you for that answer. That was a very good answer. So 118 scale Kraken, right? <laughs> The larger they get, the more problematic uh, the thing becomes. <laughs> Here's some questions. Have you guys had uh, any trouble with disassembling them and reassembling them at all? Or Actually, Dennis was telling me like he was able to take off the torso without taking off the butt screw. So I'm wondering now, like, what was, from a design point of view, what is the the butt screw actually do for the design it actually made it when we were engineering it we realized we needed that i've been referring to it as the t-bar hub because it's not (laughs) it's not just a t-bar but it's also the hub for the torso to like clip into and it doesn't sound like butt screw yeah Yeah. it's much more professional than butt the butt butt screw is a different piece though because that you know goes into the butt and the T-bar hub goes into the crotch. Um, you guys should be very proud of me for just sitting here and listening to that. I'm funny enough. <laughs> very proud. No snickering, so, nothing. It was awesome. So once we realized we needed the T-bar hub, we needed a way, we had to trap it in between the front and the back half of the waist piece. Okay. And realizing we could run a screw through there and run the screw boss right through the center of that T-bar hub that kind of that, that kind of us working that problem out created that that was the solution was to put the screw in the butt. So and it's an, it, it's integral to the engineering, but it's not necessarily as important for somebody like me trying to take it apart to rebuild a figure. Yeah, I will say this: I have in my own customizing of the of the, some some of the figures for myself, I have found it easier to just take the screw out and switch the entire T bar hub without taking the legs off of them off of it. I think that's fair. I've found because I've done some swaps with the legs to non-hacks legs. Mm-hmm. And I found I found that taking the screw out and separating the, the the crotch piece actually made it easier to remove the legs from the T bar as well. Yeah, I think just, just that extra little bit of leeway to to get something in there to, in there to pry them apart. Yeah, uh, and so I was able to do that with a little less fear of of, of breaking something I didn't want to break. So yeah. we still strongly recommend that you heat up the legs before you try and kind of pop them off. Okay, uh, you know, to slide them off the like inner piece with the with the peg. Yeah, I still recommend that because I I have broken the T bar piece myself trying to take them off without heating them up and all, all i use is a hair dryer they don't need they don't need to be so hot that they're like floppy rubber you just need to heat them up just enough like just a little bit to, to give you some flex to slide them off Fair enough. other things i notice if you don't mind are some of the upper torso pegs different sizes depending on like the color or the mold and I'm even talking between the blanks and the Spartans. It seemed like the flesh peg sits a little higher than the than the gray blank did. Is that an anomaly? It might be an anomaly 
Uh, it shouldn't, it, all the pieces should be identical, but uh, with cooling times and, and you know, if things are assembled quicker, sometimes things stretch out because they're still warm and stuff like that. So there just might be some anomalies due to, uh, due to um, assembly. And quite frankly, it could be an anomaly based on how quickly the, the, when I did the swap, how quickly the other torso cooled and maybe the, the, I didn't get the peg up as far into the torso either. So it, I, I wasn't sure that it meant anything. I was curious if that was a known thing. Um, but it sounds much more like an anomaly then. What were the other things, John, that we were talking the, about? The pegs. So like the shoulder and the wrist pegs. We found that like, I try to do like female microman hands. And even if it's the same size, same width, if it doesn't have that ribbing that's on the boss fight ones, we, we just find that like that those joints kind of, because of the softer plastic, kind of push things back out. So basically, you guys have created something where if we don't use your product, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> well, buy, more, buy more of our product. Right. Everybody right. wins. <laughs> <laughs> but th that was the only thing I I've noticed. I know Dennis found it with the shoulder, which is why he came up with this crazy shoulder surgery idea yeah. but uh I, I was finding it for the wrist as i was trying to trying to get some open hands and different hands in there like if it's not exactly what you guys were doing it, it doesn't quite work a little bit but that not as intentional <laughs> so yeah what, great to know what wave four was what wave four is going to be and uh, you know, i know you can't keep talking about it but i'm, I'm glad that uh, that you let us in on all that hey is, is jeff are you back Wait a second, is my camera on? Put your pants on. <laughs> so you're going to be restocking stuff uh, based on how well it sells. I can assume that, that the, the black and the silver accessory sets are going to be restocked? Yeah, I, I would assume we'll do those those ones. Those ones will be restocked, too. Uh, the pre-sale, we basically put, like, we picked, like, a, a, a portion of our entire run. Oh, okay. All right. You sell, so those will be back in stock after we ship all the, the pre-sale stuff. Yeah, I wanted like four silver sets. I saw they were sold out. I was like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're done. Yeah. 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 They'll be back. We have more coming already. Awesome. But then if anything beyond the, what that, when the quantity after that sells through, we're going to kind of make calls on what we're going to restock and what we won't. Because we know that we can't perpetually sell silver and black accessory sets. Like eventually, uh, reach a saturation point. Yeah. yeah, eventually we'll hit a saturation point, and especially with the accessory packs. And the same with some colors of the blanks. Like I don't foresee us ever reordering like Python purple, you know, and <laughs> or you know stuff like that. Like the hot pink ones. <laughs> yeah, the, the pink ones we probably won't reorder ever again. But uh, you know, like black, the basic ones like black, green, gray. I can see us reordering those. Yeah. Let's move to series two, where you've got these base figures that are probably green or black or pink or wouldn't you run the blanks at the same time that you're no because the uh, the factory it, it actually is is more confusing to the factory they want the blanks to be ordered like as a separate thing now because the machinery once it's set up yeah they can run the different colors and stuff but as the colors it's more about the samples and getting everything right if they're only working on four to six figures at a time, it's easier for them to get it set up and get it all, and get the colors and the plastic right than it is for them to do that for 50 figures. I have a question about the blanks. You may not be able to answer this yet, but it's just out of my curiosity. 
when you do introduce uh, some new parts in series two, like you're going to have the, uh, you know, the, the figures actually have pants on and uh, things like that instead of being basically nude figures, are there going to be blanks that will have pants or are you going to stick with the, the, the nude figures for the blanks? We're probably going to stick with the nude figures for the blanks. That's what, that's what we're thinking right now, just because it makes a more solid item. It feels kind of weird. And also we want people to buy the other figures too. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought. As I said, my own curiosity, I, I figured it would work out better that way. But we're not totally positive. The blanks line as it is right now will probably continue the same way uh, with us adding colors and reordering the, you know, top-selling colors. But then there may be accompanying product lines that go with it. Do you think we'll ever see um, blanks versions of the Gorgons? Or are they problematic with the different material for the tail? We're not sure. We kind of putting that one off they would have to cost more we think we we're not making them cost more because we're averaging out the the, the carded figures but if we do random as blanks they wouldn't be the what are they 12.99 they would have to be probably a couple of dollars more and i'd be curious to know if that would actually sell as well because you know we, we already have those bodies out there in so many different colors already <laughs> I actually got a question too about the uh, the Gorgons. The uh, the heads. There's people who've been saying they would like to have open and closed mouth versions of each uh, different color for army building purposes. Is that something you ever think of doing? Like you know, uh, like the the red one, like version 2.0, and it would have uh, the open mouth as opposed to the closed mouth, or even just like an accessory set of heads where it's just open and closed mouth versions or things along that nature. Yeah, we've talked about that too. If it comes time and that the uh that they are selling well enough that we need to run another run, another production run, we, we might we might consider doing that with them, like swapping out all their heads if we get a second run. Pack of heads, we might consider that too, but the Masters of the Universe has done it, I think, at least yeah. once now, yeah. Yeah, but we're, 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 we'd be more likely to wait until there's a, you know, if... Right now, the only way I can see for CS or really running any of those figures uh, in the new production run would be if, uh, you know, Toys R Us came to us and wanted a quantity that we couldn't fill. And we'd be like, no, we got to run these again. And then at that point, we'd like swap all the heads. Speaking of, of uh, you know, like a large retailer like Toys R Us, would your figures with the, the, the functional sharp points on the weapons, would they be able to be sold to Toys R Us? Or would they have to be modified to have rounded edges or softer accessories along would, the lines of the rubbery Hasbro stuff, you know? We would, um, our figures are age-rated 15 and up, so we'd probably be okay. Oh, they just put them by the neck and stuff or whatever, yeah. Yes, yeah, they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't be over by, you know, the power elite, they'd be over by the neck and stuff. What would suck is if we went to Toys R Us, we'd have to take the, the packaging closed. <laughs> and that would suck for everyone. Kind of lose the whole, uh, Resealability, uh, yeah. Packaging, yeah. But, I mean, nobody really has resealable packaging. It's all, it's all gotta be cut somehow. Yep. What's been your favorite part? A couple of things. Like, I've had a couple of points during the, the whole series uh, that have really excited me. Um, working on the packaging is something none of us, none of us do. Like, none of us did. We're not, none of us are graphic designers. None of us, you know, we've taken graphic design classes in art school, but the way the packaging came out, I'm very, very proud of it. And uh, Troy McKee worked on it, and James Griffiths did the artwork for it. The final piece of it, I, I think, looks 
great, and I'm really happy with that. That was one of those things that I wasn't sure we were going to pull off. Then uh, getting the pieces back, the, the final pieces, production pieces that we've gotten, I'm very happy with everything we tried and everything we went out on a limb to do. The, the parts coming apart, the new engineering for the, uh, the assembly, and, you know, at one point we were talking about, like, you know, maybe they should have swappable heads, one with the helmet on, one with the helmet off, but, you know, we decided to go with their problem sometimes making a helmet come off and on. And, you know, sometimes the helmet ends up enormous or weird shaped or, but and I'm really proud of the helmets. Um, I'm proud of the snake tail, the, the fact that it works so well. I've had no trouble standing my Gorgons up on my shelves. So I, I'm, I'm proud of quite a bit. And there's been, a, there's been a lot of points during the whole thing that have, have really made me proud. And it surprised me that we got to that point. Uh, you know, it's, it's a huge deal that we got to this point. Is there anything that you felt disappointed with? Timing of it all. All the unforeseen delays. The unpredictable things that have happened that just weren't expected, even weren't ready for. Uh, anytime one of those things happened, it was such dis- it was so disheartening and it was so sad. Like, I'm so hesitant to talk about, one of the reasons I'm so hesitant to talk about Series 4 is I don't want to talk about it now and then not be able to get Series 2 and 3 out faster. You know, like, we've already talked about those, and I almost feel like we jumped the gun talking about Series 3 because we should have been, you know, we really need to kind of work on Series 2 and get that out first and then focus on Series 3. So it'll probably be a while before we actually announce Series 4 just because we don't want to make everybody wait for two years for that. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that has been a disappointment and that's you know we weren't ready for how long it was actually going to take and, and you know that's that we had roadblocks and stuff that popped up and stuff that went wrong and so you know we had all these problems and it was unfortunate that we weren't ready for them all but it looks like you weathered the storm and you came through and your products out people are responding yeah people are really happy and, and you know we're glad we stuck it out we're glad we you know did we never thought about backing off that you know that was never an option but yeah people are really happy seem really happy overall and we're really happy that everyone likes it because that's you know we're we all love it so <laughs> we're glad that everyone's sharing in that what's your favorite part my favorite part is still drawing it is still getting is designing i, I like I, I especially this line because I get to design it, design it like, or we we get to design it, design it like we get to make up what it is and choose the aesthetic and create the world, and that's that's so much fun. Well, in creating the the world of, of series one with the, the Greek mythology characters, was there anything you guys wanted to do that for one reason or another didn't happen? Either you know it cost too much or you didn't want to have too many characters at, the, at once. Anything along those lines? Like, what was your pie in the sky type thing you wanted to do that didn't happen so much in the greek mythology that we wanted to do but couldn't uh if, if it was you know there's characters there's you know achilles and perseus and, and stuff like that and then there's there's other stuff like uh you know gods and you know we how cool would it have been to have done some of the gods from olympus and of course you know big things like you know cerberus or the titans or like how cool would some of that i guess giant cyclops have been like that stuff would have been awesome yeah yeah like that stuff would have been amazing but you know we're not ready 
for that. With uh, some of the smaller things, though, like Perseus and Achilles, you could probably revisit that at some point down the line. All we need is some new secondaries and maybe a new head. Absolutely. And then that's, you know, you know, and we you know, hope to be able to go back and revisit Series 1 at some point, too. So, Eric, on, a, on any given day, what are you doing for a boss fight versus doing for work for hire? Well, we're doing less and less work for hire. Uh, in general, because it just it brings us much less, like far, far less money yeah. uh, for the time that we have to put into it. And on a personal note, it brings me far less satisfaction. <laughs> like, I have a hard time working for other people now because <laughs> we get to do our own thing. But any given day, I am I'm currently in the middle of probably four different projects for Boss Fight right now that we're not at liberty to announce just yet, but one of them will actually probably be announced in the next couple of months. Uh, and it's, I, I hope it's the start of something very successful for us because it'll, it'll be very fun and very cool to work on. And it takes me back to my creative roots a bit, which is kind of, is, which is very cool for me. So, you know, I do that. And then we also do, we're running a business. So we're doing business, boring business stuff. There's calls copyright lawyers. There's emails to answer and to go through and contracts to sign and contracts to write. <laughs> like there's just so much little piddly business stuff. There's, you know, running the insurance, you know, you know, paying insurance and going through all that bad stuff and, you know, paying rent and paying power and dropping off checks at the bank. And, there, you know, there's, there's always stuff going on and, you know, running, running a bit, you know, a business degree isn't what, what any of us have. So we're all having to learn how to do this. And it's a lot. You need some office minions. We do. And we only have two employees and one of them lives in Louisiana. So <laughs> that's a long commute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, all of this is stuff we want too. Like it's, <laughs> it's all very uh, convenient that it works out that way. <laughs> Well, I guess that if you do decide to jump off, thank you for coming on, and we really appreciate all the insight you gave us. No, 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 (laughs) no. How about they've graciously agreed to stay here, and then we just never hear from them again if they decide decide to sign off? (laughs) It could be like the guests on the old Johnny Carson. They've slid down to the end of the couch. You know, maybe there's a reason to pan to them. Maybe there's not, you know? (laughs) Just record a bunch of random snippets of them saying, like, yeah, that's a great customer. Oh, yeah, cool. And then we just insert it as necessary. But that's that. I hope you guys stay. My charger's all the way downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) The Joe Customs Podcast will be right back after a short break. The team Warrant Officer Flint is about to assemble is no ordinary group of people. They are drawn from the world's best military sources, experts in their chosen fields. Combined, they form the most able set of specialists ever assembled. Their name... The Full Force is a fan cast about the world of Action Force and G.I. Joe. A spin-off of the What's on Joe Mind podcast, join Dave, Eddie, Justin and Chris as they badly yet hilariously navigate their way through the news, figure reviews, from the vault, boss fight builds and many more segments over each episode. I promise you will be entertained. 
You can keep up with the show after listening by following on Twitter at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Full Force, and if you would like to contact the show, you can write to us via email on thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk with feedback, questions, or just insults. You can view content regarding the show on www.thefullforce.com. And now, you shall feel my wrath. I could get a real kick out of that. What the fuck? And now, you shall feel my wrath. Oh, I could get a real kick out of that. What the fuck? Who blazes is gone And now, back to the Joe Customs Podcast. Was the first thing to say, and now that you're recording, if I told you I had just Googled monkey finger and wished that I hadn't, would that be bad? Well, I, you have to do it as two separate words. I think it can mean a lot of different things. All right, Dennis. Yeah. Between one and one hundred ninety-three, pick a number. Is this off your whip list? Maybe. <laughs> now whip it. Move them on. Hit them up. Move them on. Move them on. Whip it. Cut them out. Ride them in. Ride them in. Cut them out. Cut them out. There's a callback to like a year ago. Anything I didn't else? realize I had that many whips. Okay. I, I think inquiry minds need to know what is the top of your whip list. So I have to go number one. Castle Destro. Wah, wah. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> I, I think we'll see series four from Hacks before we see Castle Destro. You shut your whole <laughs> mouth. And, and Jeff, if you only knew what it was, you would be so amazed at that series. It did sound pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, best one yet. I actually wish they had let off with that one. You guys realize that I walked away when Eric was talking about Series 4, and now I come back, and I think that he might have said something, but in reality, he didn't, and I don't know if he did or didn't. I'm kind of upset. You'll find out in May when this goes up. The title of this episode is actually, you know, Boss Fight Series 4 is, and then three dots. <laughs> <laughs> Second most listened to episode ever. <laughs> Outstanding! Best of the best of the best, sir. <laughs> With honors. I give it a, uh, a 10! A 10! Woo! Let me start with uh, Andrew and Eric. You, you've seen people get some of the hacks and stuff, and you've seen people do customs. Has any particular custom of your figures stood out to you so far? Um, I've only there's only been a couple uh, that I've seen. There was that cool one uh, that you did with the uh, the bald headed guy with the GI Joe parts mixed in. There was one that I saw somebody had used uh, the Medusa body on a on a vintage Globulus figure, and that was pretty cool. I saw somebody remove the plastic skirt from the Spartan and replace it with fabric. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, Adrian Veidt, yeah. Yeah. I think that's all I've seen so far. There's got to be more than that that I've seen. Oh, we run into this all the time. It's like, uh, I can't remember. The one that I saw recently that really just wowed me was uh, Eric Vaughn's AKA Cap. He did the Underworld female with the, you know, the lava cracks and stuff. He'd, yeah, he'd yeah, tape that, mask. That's really sweet. I like that quite a bit. 
Oh, thanks. That's what I was going to talk about when we got to the, uh, the you know, custom that <laughs> oh, really impressed us this week. Now I got nothing. Okay, Dan, what what really impressed you? <laughs> <laughs> Eric's um, underworld female is, uh, I'm looking at it right now, Penthesilia, I hope I pronounced that right, is just amazing. And it looks like it'll be a perfect match for the male counterpart that's coming, uh, in, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks from Boss Fight. Just beautiful paintwork. He did a lot of work with the blue painter's tape to get his lines nice and crisp. And I'm actually going to hook him up with the set of armor that he's looking for off the uh, the Calubria Guard so he can have his black armor to go with it. Cool. Yeah, so as soon as I get my uh, Calubria Guard, he's getting the uh, the armor from it. So much paint masking. Like, Yeah, I, the work-in-progress photos that he put up on Facebook were it definitely showed a lot of work. Yeah, but, but like you said, with those really crisp lines and, you know, already a cool paint scheme with the bright lava colors the orange and yellows popping through on the dark skin tone it it just it looked really great the way it turned out yeah it's an amazing piece of work it really is i'll jump in with uh if we're doing a full-blown outstanding customs but uh, too dark to see uh making progress on his kiss tank which i think the tank itself is actually done but working now on the figures and uh, every every update he gives i'm just smiling as, as i'm looking at all the pictures and, and reading through it. Uh, he, he's really, gonna, from what I can tell, going to go all out with the speakers. He's building a stage. And uh, I think he even put a call out for anybody that wanted to send them any of their figures to be uh, members of the photo shoot audience. Uh, then he'll send them back. So I'm thinking about making a self-custom fanboy with uh, with Kiss makeup on and send it out to him. But uh, that, that's one that I've been watching now, probably even since before the last podcast. But it, He's doing a lot of updates here again recently. I don't even know if he's a member of the forum, but Edward Aaron and the Joe Customs Critiques on Facebook was doing the Adventure Team Customs, and he did a Dr. X using a bat torso, but it had the LED light up inside it. Oh, that one was cool. Yeah, and he did a, like, he's just doing this, like, I've seen people do the Adventure Team, but he's also doing the villains. Like, he he did a, you know, the Gore and the Man of Dragon and the Super Joe Commander to go against them. So he's doing them as kind of like two-packs and stuff, but watching them do, like, the the vintage villains in in this scale has been pretty awesome. His take on every one of those has been really, really just on point, too, using the... you know, up-to-date parts and, and seems very relevant, whereas a lot of the Adventure Team customs that you see still use 25th parts and whatever else. It really seems like he's knocking it out with well-proportioned and just really good-looking figures. I love the goofy stuff that people do in, in the Keep It 100 group. What's his name? Carlos Martinez Flores. <laughs> Sorry. He did, like, an Army Man scaled vamp jeep. But he did it as a kitty ride for 118th scale, and he actually like hit it, and it was bobbing on a spring. So I thought that was really cool. That's uh, amazing. I've got to see that. Yeah, that sounds pretty inventive. I'm gonna put up a picture of it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I like weird stuff you just wouldn't see, and that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a lot of time really to look at customs this week. I'm between uh, work and I've been working on my own uh, my diorama. I have not really been perusing the forums as much as I should have, but the uh, but Cap's thing stood out to me because he sent me pictures of it. So I'm looking at those Adventure Team ones right now on the uh, on Facebook. They're actually really sharp. I just want to mention because Jeff's not here, but he did. He used one of the the Spartan heads on. I, I don't even know what the custom Hacksmore or something from some image or whatever comic book. 
but I kept calling him Scarface Hobbit because <laughs> I'm was, actually looking at that picture right now. Yeah, does does he say who it is or where it's from? Uh, the character's name is Jack Hawksmore. Apparently, he's from one of the um, the Image comics. He's the God of Cities, whatever that means. I, I don't know, but he's got dirty feet and he's got the short crop black hair and a suit. So, yeah, I've been calling him Scarface Hobbit. And the only reason I'm bringing him up is, again, using hacks in a way, you know, just using the head, hands, and feet and stuff. He'd use an exacto and cut off the sandal to be bare feet, but just something we hadn't seen yet from with, with the figures you guys came up with. Keep referring to him as uh, Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Since Jeff has so much to add, let's move along and go right into Workbench. The Customizing, Customizing Workbench. Workbench. Eric, what have you been working on? I have, I'm working on a couple of things simultaneously. Uh, working on a couple of Joes and... I'm, I'm working on some, uh, like, Ninja Force figures, putting together some, like, I just recently put together a, a new Kamakura, and um, um, I've got a couple of others. I want to do uh, I want to do an updated uh, modern mail-away Budo in, like, the orange and teal. Teal, yeah. And, uh, and uh, updated, uh, using the uh, modern Budo figure as a base, do a, a modern Bushido as well, in the, the blue and white. The thing I've mostly been working on recently is uh, lots of Green Lanterns using blanks. I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and uh, this is kind of my dream line, is a four-inch comprehensive Green Lantern line of figures. I'm also working on some like kind of classic-looking Justice League figures, like Batman, Superman, Aquaman, uh, Wonder Woman, and stuff, uh, using blanks. I've just put together some stuff. I'm currently... Currently looking to track down some material for capes and stuff and figure out how I'm going to pull that off because I'm not happy with any of the sculpted capes that are out there at this scale. Please share that if you find out. Oh, I will. Source. <laughs> that, that, that kills me, too. I, I really don't like the plastic soft goods and all. Yeah. So how do you think your partners uh, will react upon learning that the whole blanks line was pretty much a, a way to get a vanity project started, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Eric involved in a vanity project? No. <laughs> the blanks line, I don't know. I don't remember which of us came up with the idea for doing the blanks at all. I, I don't think that was me. Andrew, it's okay. I was teasing. Oh, no. I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> about I did a, some, from the comic book, I did some just really basic, like, head swaps onto some bazooka trooper bodies, trying to do the the robots that Zartan had, you know, before the bats that uh, Firefly and Zartan discovered, and just trying to do some sci-fi-ish robot heads to go on them. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty, Those are pretty cool. And that's like a fun, like, weird, random, like, one-time villain <laughs> yeah. in the to kind of go after. I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah those are, that was actually pretty cool looking. I saw that. I was very impressed with it because instantly I knew exactly what it was you were doing. Yeah. I was out raking around the yard and I was like, man, I re really wish I had a robot to do all this and thought of that and then came inside and built it. And then after I showed it, people were like, oh, yeah, you got to do more of them. I'm like, no, I'm, yeah, I got to do more of them. <laughs> so 
I'm working on the other ones to go with it. I think Jeff's done for the night. <laughs> so you guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> I know I keep driving John nuts. I keep giving updates of, uh, as we're referring to it, that bald guy, which is actually my, my own vanity project. Uh, but, but I keep just, just deliberating over every part. So I, I really want it to be just the perfect figure. So I've been spending way too much time on one figure. And then once I get that done, I work on a, a swappable torso and a new pair of arms. And then I like something that I've done better on that one. So I go back and tweak the first one and it's just a never ending cycle. <laughs> but I have been mixing in a couple other things. I have kind of this whole science fiction verse that's probably 90% in my mind and, and 10% on paper or online. Uh, but I, I keep trying to just whenever I have extra parts that, that I want, don't want to throw back in the bin, I, uh, start piecing them together, just for kind of filler civilians and, and different things. I, I kind of threw together a uh, taxi cab driver of a hover taxi that I, that I've been working on using one of the old, uh, shoot, what's that, what's that line that that hover boat thing came from? Do you know what I'm talking about? That yeah. was that was core. The, the, the core, yeah. The, the, that 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 hoverboard. I, I painted one up like a like a taxi. So I got him almost done. And then the other thing that's starting to now be a little bit of a chore, just because I got so distracted by uh, how fun all of the hacks figures were when the shipment came in. But I had taken on a commission for a uh, a guy who has a comic book called Steel Versus. And it's basically about uh, Canadian Mountie Sergeant Steele, who's a real person. Uh, but, but then the comic book kind of has a fictionalized version of each then new issue has him taking on some new challenge and whatever else. And uh, he had reached out on Joe Customs to see if anyone had any, had any interest in making uh, some figures from the comic book. And uh, if, if I get this done in time, if I stop, procrastinating, I think if I can get the set in his hands, he's going to take it with him to San Diego Comic Con and have it out on his table. So I need to get busted on that, but that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool yeah. to get it showcased in such a manner. Yeah, that would be good. I forgot about this one, but uh, this came from Blood for the Baron, I think. Uh, after Hasbro and Palatoy started turning that line into the, what became you know, the UK G.I. Joe line, uh, the Action Force line, uh, the comic book company kind of veered off and did Storm Force, which kept kind of the same creative team behind it. And they did sort of a G.I. Joe-esque thing that hadn't never saw toys or whatever. And one of the leaders was the mole who's in a, a tracked wheelchair with guns on it and stuff. And I, I just loved the, the art for that so much that I started building it and I pieced it together and I showed that part of it. It's got, you know, the the coastal defender chair with just big treads on it. But I wanted, I was disappointed with the treads I originally had on it. So I got some, the call of duty mega blocks tracks treads from one of their, you know, rolling drones and stuff. So it would have the working treads on there. And then my daughter confiscated all of my Legos. So that's as far as I got is putting treads on it. <laughs> I've been working lately on uh, another diorama. Uh, you remember the in the last show, I was working on my giant leech, which I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Now I'm doing a, I, it's a, basically it's a keep for an evil wizard, and it's a large stone mass that's going to have a throne on top with a, a big skull on it. It's got a bunch of columns sticking out of it with more skulls on the ends of it. The, the whole 
thought process on it was I picture that this was a field with a bunch of standing columns with skulls on it, and when this guy came to power, he used his abilities to actually raise it straight up out of the ground, almost like a, like how Avalanche uses his power to make rock slides and earthquakes and whatnot. He pulled it up, and that's why some of the columns are sticking out at weird angles, and some of them are, are twisted and turned around facing different directions. I wanted it to look like something that was created from his willpower. And that's why I, I, I had to sculpt a whole bunch of new parts onto it uh, to cover the gaps where the pieces were put together. I built an entire interior into it. Oh, I, I should say, I was using the one of the pieces from the Schleich castles that everybody was able to pick up real cheap for $10 a, a month or so back. I had uh, I bought three castles in total, and I, I put them together to make this nice circular diorama. But I could only use one of the central raised stone areas because there was no more room inside the, the castle for the other two. So the other two are being repurposed for other custom projects, one of which being this, uh, at the moment I'm just calling it the Skull Mound. I haven't really come up with a cool name for it yet. But I'm using that, and if anybody has these castles, you know that the dungeon inside with the trapdoor and everything is just the inside of the toy. There's no details in there. So I went about building an interior using a couple of the uh, the elbow pieces for the walls, which are very soft vinyl uh, rock pieces. I cut up a couple of those and built an interior, so there's actually something to look at in there instead of just the underside of the uh, the plastic toy. That took a couple of days just to build that. And then I went about gluing probably, it's got to be close to like 60 or 70 little tiny skulls of various sizes all over the thing. And I had to sculpt a, a new area on the top for the throne to go because I took out the trapdoor and, and just a whole bunch of work was done on it. It's finally at the point now where I can actually start painting it. So I hope to have it done within the next couple of weeks. I saw one of those uh, work in progress. Yeah, uh, shot you. I had no idea that you'd sculpted all those skulls. Well, I didn't sculpt the, the skulls. I sculpted uh, where the columns were glued to the body of okay. the, the the plastic structure. Okay. I sculpted all the transitional stone because those okay. columns don't match up with any of the crevices or any of the uh, the, the features on the the toy itself. So I sculpted all that transitional stone. There's some sculpting elements to uh, some of the skulls where they didn't line up. Same thing with I had to do transitional sculpting. Okay, I got you. I misunderstood what you said. Yeah, my, my sculpting skill, I don't think I could probably sculpt something as cool looking as a skull just yet, but doing transitional flowing uh, things, rocks, wrinkles in, in clothing, things like that I can do, but I, I don't have the confidence yet to tackle a skull or a human features or anything like that. Andrew, do you, do you customize at all, or do you just play with toys? Uh, yeah, I don't have any I'm working on at the moment, though. So, uh, so just skip right over me. This customizing takes on uh, several hundred thousand dollar level projects, if I'm understanding right, John. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was going to do fodder box. Dennis, have you gotten anything in just for customizing besides hacks? Besides hacks? Um, no. It's been a light go of it. I, you know, I may have bought one or two uh, of that last Marvel wave. I think I bought the Spider-Man Nora and, uh, and and one other. But I, who knows when or if I'll get to actually doing anything with it. So, no. Too too thin. Besides the Bazooka Troopers, I haven't gotten anything. Dan? Uh, two items, that's it. Uh, Five Below has been getting in some Marvel stuff. So I picked up an Ares figure from the Marvel, uh, not Ultimate, Marvel Unlimited line or Infinite line, whatever it's called. And I got one of those uh, Playmation figures, the, the the barely articulated video game figures. I got Modok, both of which are going to be customized for you know two future projects. 
But other than that, that's it. It's been real quiet on this front. There really hasn't been a lot of new stuff released. That Five Below Marvel stuff is just weird. Like, you want to talk about weird distribution. Oh, yeah, that's crazy the way they're doing it. I've seen pictures of people finding, like, three pegs of just Ant-Man. That's it. <laughs> I found three pegs of just Ares. I put up a picture yeah. on Facebook. That, and nobody else, just Ares. And I, I found, like, Ares and Ant-Man, you know, but not a lot of them. And then somebody else said they found, you know, the Valkyrie and whoever else came from that wave. It, it's just really weird. The only explanation I can think of for that is it was stock from like a like a Toys R Us dot com, uh, and so they would have had it sorted into individual SKUs. Otherwise, I I can't imagine why that's the case. One of the guys I know on Facebook works for Five Below. He's a manager. And he said it's something along those lines. That each case has only a single figure in it, yeah. and there's individual SKUs for each one, and they can't control who they get. They just yeah. put in an order, say they need, you know, 48 uh, figures, and they get whatever the distribution center sends them, and they keep getting all the same guy in the case. Oh, uh, mine must be like, we just want five. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a full case. That's funny. I will say this, though. You said uh, any fodder other than hacks. And uh, I know when I first posted that thread of some of the, the customs I started on right away that, uh, you know, Eric had some fake, uh, you know, it was fakely aghast that I was chopping up the toys. And, and I guess what I would say, guys, is, uh, you know, you have no idea. <laughs> no, no, nothing on my desk at the moment is off limits, and I just really, really hope that I don't have a, a pressing need for something with a bronze joint color. <laughs> but I, I'm having more fun. But the first thought I had when I when I started to take them apart and start to map out a custom was, this must be what it was like to be a customizer for the real American hero stuff. Because I, I didn't, you know, I had those as a kid. I didn't become a customizer till the till the modern stuff hit. And, uh, you know, just the difficulty of, of part swapping on the modern era, uh, which we all know about. So just the ease with which you can start pulling, pulling the figure apart, but it's still just such a solid figure. So I, I just instantly had that respect for it and, and, and the nostalgia and the, just everything all at once and uh, really, really got inspired to start doing some stuff. So th there's going to be a, a larger number than I would have expected of the figures that stay intact. So so be pleased with that. But I understand I'm not a collector nearly as much as I am a customizer. So even, even if I leave 10% uh, of them untouched, that's probably more than I planned. <laughs> but, but but everything here, everything here, I'm just I'm just having like the creative inspiration has just been going crazy for the past few weeks. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I gotta. It, these are fun figures. They really are. Yeah, I can't wait to get some in hand so I can actually see the awesomeness for myself. But I'll be getting my first ones probably next weekend, yeah, when I see you guys at NJCC. Cool. Yeah, we're glad you guys are liking them all. Yeah, so that's uh, NJCC is April 3rd. This will probably go up after that, but that's in the Holiday Inn in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And then for the site calendar, NJC 89, the Fa Joe Challenge, that's uh, due on the 25th. Uh, May 8th is backpedaling group project. Those are due. And then June 16th through the 19th, G.I. Joe Con and Loveland. That's, that's all we had. Any other parting shots? Anything you guys want to say, Eric, Andrew? 
you, you know, just, uh, you know, a huge thank you to everyone for supporting the line and everything. Come out and see us in New Jersey. What's the show after New Jersey? Um, our next show is we're doing a small show in New Hampshire. I can't remember the name of it. It's just a one day gig. It's just a one day thing. We're just kind of driving out there for some friends. Yeah, we have some friends are running it. And, uh, that's Troy Osgood's show, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and, uh, we, um, and then the, but the next big show for us is, uh, in May and that's Megacon in Orlando, Florida. And that's, that's a, you know, big, big show in, uh, at New Jersey and in New Hampshire and at, uh, Megacon, we will, you know, we'll have our figures, we'll have the con exclusive for the year, which is the uh, Eternal Struggle, Ringneck versus the uh, Undead Spartan. On those weekends, for people who can't go to the show, we will be selling the con exclusive for those, for, for the same days as the con on our website, but only for that, only for that 24 hour period. So when, you know, when, when we're in New Jersey, the, the Eternal Struggle 2-pack will also be up on our website that Sunday. Oh, that's awesome. For the people, you know, out in California who aren't going to come out to New Jersey type of thing. New Jersey also has the uh, Ultimate Spartan exclusive, which will be for sale at the New Jersey Collector Con. Well, Eric, thank you for your time tonight. I appreciate all the, uh, the candid answers, all the information. Uh, again, Boss Fight's doing an amazing job, and you guys are doing a great service for our community. <laughs> I'm sorry we lost Andrew during one of the blackouts here. <laughs> but we, we, uh, you know, we're we're all happy to do this, and you know, we're all fans too. So we we're we're glad to, to be of service to the to the toy collecting community and to be out there having fun. It, you know, it's it's been a great it's been a great uh, experience, and it's been you know we're going to keep on doing this as long as we can. So well, we're glad to hear it. We're glad to have you doing it. The Joe Customs guys, we love Boss Fight. I'm sure all the collectors out there love Boss Fight as well. We all love Joe Customs, so. <laughs> well, thank you for your time tonight. And be sure, you know, come back on the show again. Bring some more of the Boss Fighters with you. Absolutely. And we'll do it all again sometime. Hopefully I'll try and, I'll, we'll try and bring on, uh, Eric next time. He can, he can give you guys painting tips. Oh, that'd be great. Eric is, Eric is a professional painter who, Worked at Hasbro for over 10 years, and now works for us, and he's pretty amazing. So, sounds great. We look forward to having him on. Good night, everybody out there. Thank you for listening to another episode of the JoeCustoms.com podcast. Eric, thank you as well. Thank you. All right, have a good night. Good night, guys. Once again, the world is a safe place to be, thanks to the G.I. Joe team of experts. G.I. Joe, a real American hero. One finger in my butt and the other on the delete. <laughs> Somebody's going to make their sacrifices hey, on the Skype gods. Hey, hey, One Dan. These two is going to make me oh, there, happy. there we go. That worked. Your your butthole finger worked. <laughs> That's what she said. This podcast is becoming remarkably information-free, and everyone is shutting it off now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. This is going to get cut. <laughs> That's awesome. No one wants to hear about super friends. Pretty much from the time Jeff said, "Hey, I got a question." Yeah. I got nothing better to do.
Until you answer about what's coming in Series 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think any of us work tomorrow. We're all good. Are we all here? I'm losing. I heard it. Uh, you got to... Normally, we have all this trouble at the beginning of the show, not at the end of the show. <laughs> John just typed in, well, Bucky and Fred are going. <laughs> <laughs>